All right. So we got here Robbie Sakori, good friend of ours from Chicago. We had met at an event, a CEO lawyer event in December in Atlanta. Crazy enough, we've had some mutual friends. Robbie's doing some crazy cool things virtually. Definitely want to dive into that. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, man. So great to meet you guys in Atlanta. And I love that we stay connected and, and we're doing this. So I appreciate you guys asking me to come on. Yeah, of course, man. So now that background that I'm looking at, that is your home office background? No, I am in my office office in my building downtown. I don't really like working from home too much. I'm not a big fan of it. But it's funny you say that because I have my boys who are like, you need to get rid of the 75-year-old lawyer fucking furniture, right? And like get a little bit more modernized. So I'm trying to work that out. So if anybody listening to this podcast wants some whore child furniture, it's up for sale. <laughs> so let's dive right deep right into that. So let's talk about your law firm, how it originated, what your story <sighs> is, Yep. you know, coming into law. You know, I, I believe last time we spoke, you're in your low 30s. So young and crushing it. Tell us your story, man. So I'm 32 years old. I became a lawyer at 23. I was in undergrad in Chicago, thought I wanted to be a plastic surgeon and didn't want to be in school until I'm like 39 years old, right? So I'm like, what else can I do? I was studying abroad in France and just appreciated the way that they lived. And I'm like, okay, quick option is law, right? I'll get a law degree. My parents can't be pissed about that. So went back home, took the LSAT and then applied to law school, did a tour and saw some law students doing this, this trial, mock trial thing. And I was just fascinated. So I sped up the process when it came to my time in law school, finished it in two and a half years and was licensed at 23, started out with a huge firm. And then suddenly, you know, all the walls came crashing down and some things happened to my parents that kind of forced my hand into opening a law practice. Um, and, you know, I really, I was like, I did not want to fucking do it. But as the, the prodigal son, so to say, maybe that was what I created in my own mind. I thought I had to save the day. And I went every floor in the building that I was at until I found some open space. And it was another lawyer who had a storage room. And if I showed you pictures, it would be, it's insane. Like all of his shit, all of his old furniture, boxes, trash cans. And I was like, can I put a wall up there? And he's like, yeah, sure. So I put up a wall open my practice. And that was probably the worst three or four years of my life, both mentally and physically and stresses and things that, you know, I would have had no idea or appreciated. And I took a hard hit for it, really hard hit, almost lost my life over it. And then I snapped back to reality, turned to fitness, frankly, around August of 2018. And everything's changed since then. Wow. That's amazing, man. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. So yeah. let's talk about, you know, as you're beginning in law, you are a young dude, very charismatic. When I think about a, a traditional lawyer, I'm thinking like suit and tie, buttoned up and just very stoic, not as exciting when I, you know, let's say I get injured or something. Have you always been in personal injury? One. And then two, how'd you overcome that of like bringing your personality as a high performer and entrepreneur at heart into law? So yes, I've always been in personal injury to answer question one. I'm authentic. I am who I am. And I'm not going to change who I am to fit some role of whoever somebody expects you to be. I will always carry myself with, you know, a level of class and dignity, but I'm still going to be myself. And that that's remained true. You know, there's always a common misconception that I think occurs when people are confident in who they are that, oh, there's this slight narcissism or, you know, things that are just totally not true. It's just you're authentically yourself and you're confident in who and what you are. And that's something that I've, I've 
known since I was a kid, frankly. Not saying that I didn't have, you know, internal struggles or conflicts or insecurities or anything else for that matter. Definitely, right? We still have those today. But if I'm doing something, I'm doing it, you know, with confidence. So I've really never had an issue or doubts because I didn't fit the role of a monkey in a suit. Mind you, I can be the monkey in a suit, right? That, you know, we have to be, I'm going to walk into court and make sure that I'm, you know, top notch every single time that I walk in there. But yeah, I wasn't worried about that mold. When did you, how old were you when you started your own practice? When did you take that leap? 25, two years 25, in now. 25, wow. Way, way, way too early. Right. And what makes you say too early? Well, I just, the, I was, I was still, still understand your industry specifically. Like, yeah, yeah. What was the, the look being a, being a lawyer and being in the business of law are two completely different things. Okay. Mm. And when you're still figuring out your bearings as to how to be a lawyer, the idea that you're going to take on a whole nother role of also being in the business of being in law. And mind you, I was also trying to save, you know, over $20 million in assets for, you know, properties that my parents had had that was like literally, you know, collapsing day by day, all the while trying to manage learning how to be a lawyer, opening a law practice, signing new cases and clients, and then the financial burden of taking care of a family, right? So I had no idea what the fuck I was doing and I should not have, you know, leaped in that quickly, but we figured it out. What did that process look like? I mean, 25 years old, taking the leap, you know, literally holding your, not just your feet to the fire, but maybe your, maybe your entire body to the fire, right? What was that process <laughs> like from a business standpoint and, and just figuring that shit all out? You know, look, I went to the owner of the law firm where I first was working and I was like, you know, hey man, I have some shit going on. I just got served with eviction papers in the law office. You know, I was at a base of $50,000 a year for a salary. Obviously, you know, we get our referral fees for cases that we bring in. And, and in my first year of being a lawyer there, I think I brought in 37 personal cases, which was like a record for that firm that had been around since I want to say like 1975 or something along those lines. And I went to him and I was like, you know, I, I have to start taking care of my family. I got to start doing this. And he was like, you know, that, that's not how personal injury really works. And I can't do that. I know you signed a lot of cases. What I'll do for you is a benefit is I'll give you all your personal cases without taking a quantum merit on it, which in the law field, if two firms are working on a case file and one is no longer on it, they're still entitled to the reasonable amount of fees based on the work that they put in. Okay. Even if I worked that, you know, file, the law firm was on it. So that was huge. That was huge for me. I had a, you know, a, a G wagon that, you know, my, you know, parents blessed me with. I sold that for cash, you know, to have some, some liquidity because you got to pay for the cost on these case files. And then I just rocked and rolled, right? I mean, I just tried to figure it out, but there's a lot to learn in PI that I did not know at the time I opened it, but that's business, right? Yeah. If you don't learn from your failures, you're never going to actually know what it takes. So let's talk about that. Where, like, let's talk about where you're at today. You know, obviously got out of the friction that you had to go through all that time and looks like you're really doing well now, crushing it on social media. I really want to dive deeper into that because not a lot of people are building their law firms virtually. It's something sure. that COVID started to shift us towards, but it seems like you were ahead of the curve a little bit before then as well. What does your business model look like now? How are you going from self-employed to owner? What's that all look like today? Look, I have always utilized my social media to just showcase who I was as a person. And I've always been fearful or insecure of using social media in the law practice, right? Just criticisms from outsiders and other people in the industry. And all oh, this is so like beneath the, the, you know, 
profession. So I was just like throwing little feelers out over the last, like, let's say four years, right? Since like 2018. And people liked it, right? But I was so embarrassed to go kind of all in on it. And, and I really do have to credit Ali Awad for CEO lawyer for a lot of the, you know, insight he brought into it. Cause, you know, frankly, who gives a fuck what other people say? You know, this is who you are. This is what authentically works for you. So own it, run with it and, and see how it goes. And the reason I, you know, like to pursue this area is because I create all the content. I share all that information. I give people a deeper view of who I am, not only in the profession, but outside of the profession. Whereas a simple billboard or a commercial just says, you know, you're hurt. You want cash? Call me. You know, like, what is that? People don't connect that way anymore. People want to know the person that they're getting involved in. And most times when you're selecting your lawyer, you're selecting it because of a referral from another lawyer that's bringing it into you, a family member or a friend. Well, how about if you see this person on a daily basis because you're following their content? They're informing you on subject matter that normally you wouldn't know. And then all of a sudden, you know, God forbid you're involved in this situation, you know who to turn to. And by the way, your reach is nationwide. You know, your reach is, is it can be global for Christ's sake. So for me, it was just a no brainer, you know, to pursue that coupled by the fact of the way I want to live my life. You know, if there's one thing COVID taught us is quality of life is everything. And I love to, you know, travel. I can easily work from any environment. We've built the firm to have, you know, everything electronic. You know, we use a VPN system. So all of our client files are stored and I can access them no matter where I am. Um, that starting a virtual law practice, especially with my goal to, to open and expand into Florida is not only cost effective, right? But, you know, gives me better opportunity in another state. When did, so you had, you went through all this time of, of stress and, and, and pain starting out. When did that turning point take place? And what did that feel like? What was the, what was the, the reason for that turning point and, and then how have things taken off? I mean, I overdosed. I mean, you know, I almost lost my life, had to be rushed to an emergency room. It was a forced turning point, but that's where it was for me. And, you know, I, I remember when I went into a facility, I, and mind you, I didn't even stay that long when I went there. I just, it shocked the hell out of me. What the hell did I do? How did I put myself into this position? So much promise before. And, I just promised myself like today we're going to change. You know, I went into that facility at probably like 165 pounds wet, you know, within three months after that, I was probably 230 pounds and I'm like, what the heck's going on? So I turned to fitness and, and I got to tell you, you know, when you are dedicated to challenging your, your body, you're naturally going to want to challenge your mind. And that just changed the page for me when it came to my work ethic, my consistency, my dedication in, in, in the workplace that it, you can't look at the results. You just have to look at your effort and the results will come. Mm -hmm. Your authenticity has been a driving force as to why you've been so successful in such a brand recognized name. Now, what people don't understand is the fact that there is not a quantifiable ROI when you're posting on social media as a lawyer. Right, especially in PI, the 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 hurdle of posting nonstop, people aren't just going to be like, oh crap, I need personal injury. Like you have to be injured or know somebody that's injured to it's not like this transactional experience. Totally. But Nobody's going to buy your product, right? Exactly. Yeah. But what you do so well is not just talk about law. You make it very evident what you do professionally, but you share who you are as a person and create 
this brand recognition constantly top of mind for people, whether it's working out in the morning or, you know, doing charitable things throughout the day that when I do have a, you know, a PI event in my life, I'm immediately going to Robbie for court. Right. And so that's, that's such a great job. So how'd you get over that hurdle of knowing that, Hey, there's not like measurable data that I can track that I'm immediately going to make money over this. So how can I put my energy into that? You know, my life really changed when I went through, you know, substance abuse issues and had an overdose. I mean, like truly it changed me to my core that if I had the, just a speck of the light that I have now at the time I was going through all my like, you know, true struggles, mental health struggles, and there's not enough time on this thing to talk about it, but I may have not created the disaster for myself that I did. And knowing that to be true, I couldn't help but get out there and own my shit that if somebody was out there going through that, you know, thinking there was no opportunity or no light at the end of the tunnel, I had to share my story. And I didn't do it for my law practice. If anything, I remember when I talked to friends and family about it and they're like, are you fucking nuts? Like, who's going to go to that guy? What are you doing? You cannot talk about this. Just leave it alone. You've moved past it. It's fine. So I'm like, fuck no. It has nothing to do with that. You know, I am who I am. If people can see that, great. If they can't, then I'm not for you. There's plenty of people out there. And I am unapologetically that way. So, you, you know, I think people connect with that because we're not fucking perfect humans. And the problem with the way we display ourselves is that we always put out this idea of perfection, right? Like, look, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself through social media, right? I want things to look so great that people are attracted to it. But what people are more so attracted to that I'm realizing is vulnerability, authenticity, realness, you know, seeing that you're like, fuck, I'm struggling, but here's how I overcame it. You know, that connects, that resonates, dude. Big time, big time, big time. Where do you see your practice going? Where do you see the Ficari firm going over the next three to five years, vision wise and, and all that? You know, look, my assistant came back. I always let them work from home the last two weeks of the year, right? So they could spend the holidays. And then my assistant asked for that first week off in January. And she came back to the office and I had implemented, by the time she came back, I had implemented almost every single thing that I had learned from CEO lawyer, whether it was, you know, adding new things in AI to the website, getting this new dashboard and platform, hiring people from get staffed up, adding new, you know, employees, and then obviously just social media every day, every day, every day. And we signed 24 cases so far in January. Last year, we did 65 the whole year. So- wow. I can't tell you where the trajectory is, but what I can tell you that I've always enjoyed is I love being an entrepreneur. I love managing people. I love letting people see the value of their work and for them to be compensated for the value of their work. I want everyone to feel like you're, it's limitless. The possibilities are endless. As long as you put in that effort, you're going to get a return for that. So I hope to continue to grow, to expand, to, to be able to use this social media stuff to not only, you know, showcase what the office does, but also inform. Right. I, I found that people actually really like when you inform them on like things that are in the news or things that are going on. So we'll see where it takes me. Yeah. I mean, and, and to that point, you were talking about the Alec Baldwin thing, right? And your take on that. I think, you know, mixing current events with your expertise at the same time is super valuable. So, I mean, all you have to do is just keep doing what you're doing and it's going to consistently blow up. No, I mean, I appreciate that. You know, you guys know, you know, Ben Newman, and I'm really grateful for the time that I had in Atlanta because I got to meet and connect with so many awesome people that, you know, we always think that we know what it takes and we have the mindset and, 
you know, we likely do, but do we have the encouragement within our network and the people around us that holds us accountable that, you know, allows for us to be consistent? I mean, this is consistency wins, right? Is, is the name of this podcast. And it's so fucking true. You know, it really is exactly what it takes showing up every single day and doing it. Love it, man. And that, that's exactly why we had to go out and find those people. Cause it, the problem is our normal friends from back home just as much as we love them, they just aren't those people half the time. And that doesn't mean we don't love them and they're not good people, but they're just not on the same trajectory that we're looking to be on. And so you have to go find that you know, set of people, whether it's in the fitness community like you're doing in Chicago, connecting with guys like Brett and Jason, or in the entrepreneurial community where we've, we've created a group of 100 different entrepreneurs where it's completely free and we just have webinars where we're connecting and group chats that it's constant encouragement. So, so with that being said, what are some things that you're doing to stay connected inside of that network? And then two, you know, what does consistency mean to you? Uh, okay. So what are the things that I'm doing to stay connected inside of the network? So which network, right? Are, are we talking like our friend network, business, entrepreneurial? Let's just talk about anything that you're doing to hold yourself, okay, like to have people hold you accountable. It doesn't have you, to be, you could, we could be broad. You, you know, look, I, when it comes to, to, to that, I, I've signed up for, you know, that CEO lawyer academy to really go all in on getting the blueprint and the framework on, on executing this well. But I have been blessed with a, with a group of friends that are like family who are incredibly well achieved and have, have made things for themselves that most people couldn't dream of in a lifetime. And I'm so grateful for that because I learned from that. I'm driven by that. I'm encouraged by that. Um, and, and, and that's a big factor, right? I mean, who you surround yourself with is very telling of who you are and who you're, you know, the goals that you have. So I find that to be very important. Now, other things that I have been doing that I have never done before is investing in, you know, like a life coach, getting more information and advice on things that like I'm not aware of, or maybe that I just need a little bit of accountability held to by somebody else who's kind of really seasoned in that. And, and I'm really enjoying that because I've done that on a fitness level with, with someone that I've just recently signed up with through Instagram, who's like just crushing it on the fitness level when it comes to, to actual physique, but more importantly, nutrition. And then on the mindset side, you know, I'm doing Ben's, you know, intensive seminar over the summer, which I'm really, really excited to be a part of. I shared with him my story, obviously when we were out in Atlanta and he was like, holy shit, man, people need to hear this. And I was like, eh, I kind of talk about it. So we'll see what comes of that. That's amazing, man. And so with that, obviously consistency is a huge thing for you. What is that? Like put that into context. What does that mean to you? That word and how uh, important is it in your life? It's everything. And, and I, I, and I mean that because when I got out back in August of 2018, I was so afraid of how in the hell was I going to be able to get to the office every single day, right? How was I going to be able to stay in the office from like nine to five when I didn't have Adderall to be able to do that, right? Or anything else for that matter. How was I going to be able to do this consistently? It was so daunting and it was so scary to me that initially I just made the decision I'm going to go in from like nine to 12. And then once I get acclimated with the nine to 12, I'm going to go a little bit longer. You know, mind you, my whole entire life, I've been at high speed, right? And I've never taken a prescription medication until I had to open my own firm because I was like, oh, that's what it's going to take for me to be successful. Biggest fucking mistake. Notwithstanding, I decided to start off slow. Once I was able to hit that nine to 12, like with, you know, eyes shut, I then did like nine to two. And then I started doing nine to five, right? And 
what remained consistent was I showed up every day and the same thing held true with the gym. And when I saw the benefits of that, and just on a physical level of being able to get through an entire workday without needing anything or being able to go to sleep without needing anything, that's when I knew I need to do this in every aspect of my life. And, you know, four years later, you know, we're in 2023, that happened in 2018. It's working. It's the compound effect. The yeah. compound effect of that yeah. daily consistency, man. No, it's awesome. Yeah, it's working. That's awesome. I guess, you know, typically as we close up, we like to let kind of give you the floor to one, tell our listeners how they can follow your journey, how to follow you on all your socials, how to, how to connect with you. If they, if they have anything they'd like to chat with you about. And then lastly, anything you want to leave our, our listeners with motivation, thought, a comment. So how can we follow your journey and what do you want to leave our listeners with? Yeah. Look, so I have always been very open and vulnerable through my social media platforms. And you'll see on there, you know, Robbie underscore Esquire is, is my personal page, which is now kind of my personal brand and things that I do for the law firm. And just take a scroll down and you'll see, you know, the day, you know, I'm coming out of this mental health crisis and I talked on a, on it on a podcast called Life Lies and Second Chances. And I think that's a great opportunity for anyone that's struggling to know that there is a possibility to become successful with a little bit of consistency and not being so hard on yourself. And yeah, you know, when it comes to, to my Instagram page, I hope to be a resource of encouragement and motivation to help others, you know, find what it's, you know, find the drive within themselves that's going to allow for them to be consistent. And if there's anything I can leave, you know, your audience with is, that showing up every single day and knowing that the effort that you're going to put in is going to have an output one day, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but at some time, as long as you stay consistent with it, you know, I promise you, I wasn't a believer in it. And, you know, I'm just at the beginning of my growth. You know, I appreciate all your guys' comments, but I think I'm just starting on this trajectory of growth. So I'll keep doing what I'm doing and we'll see where it goes. Let's go, man. Well, as always, you continue to over-deliver, and I think our audience is going to resonate with this so much. You are a natural and should be doing a lot more podcasts as well. I'm going to encourage that you know, offline as well. But uh, other than that, man, thanks so much for coming on. We're excited to throw as many referrals to your business your way and just continue to you know, watch you grow, man. So yeah, thanks no. so much. Antonio, Landon, thank you, guys. Always a pleasure, and I look forward to catching up soon, guys.